You are listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith in life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. Recorded on the Boggy Bayou of Niceville, Florida, and hosted by James Ross and Justin Wyatt, pastors at Church on Bayshore, this podcast dives into how to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. We hope you are having a great day. Uh, We are coming to you uh, from different locations because it is uh, the week before Thanksgiving, even though you're listening the week week after Thanksgiving, uh, and I am quarantined. So uh, we are in separate rooms, separate locations coming to you uh, through Zoom. Uh, My name's Justin. We're thankful you have joined us. I'm here joined by James Ross, who is the lead pastor at Church on Bayshore. You want to say, hey, man? Hey, man. Hey, hey, there we go. Yeah, it actually (laughs) looks a little scary being here with this wall by myself. Like, it looks cool when it's all of us together, but just me, I look a little... And you've got some really awesome Strange. headphones on too. Yes, uh, yes. So they're huge, like 19, <laughs> 1994. <laughs> like, yeah. like you're going to start jamming. This is a materialistic Christmas present that my wife bought me last year to segue into what we're talking about today. That's right, materialism. <laughs> uh, so today we are kicking off a four-week uh, series uh, of Boggy Talk on weariness. And really, we came to this uh, idea because, um, well, it's 2020, and this time of year, um, you know, this far into 2020, everyone's just tired, and we keep talking about 2020 this, and this whole year really has been tiring in many ways, but as we approach the Christmas uh, season and Christmas celebration, um, our Christmas Eve uh, theme um, is the weary world rejoices. It's a line from uh, the popular Christmas song, uh, Oh Holy Night, and um, because we know as believers that no matter how weary we are, um, we have hope. And uh, this this week, this week, next week, uh, weeks to come, we wanted to talk through some of the things that make us weary. Some of the things are our circumstances around us that we don't ask for. Some of them are of our own doing, uh, our own design, our own choices that we make that make us just weary and tired. And so uh, in the coming weeks, we're going to talk about the weariness of of just expectations in this this season. Uh, We have lots of great expectations and desires, and uh, we're going to talk through what it means to have realistic expectations. We're going to talk through grief um, and what it means, uh, you know, this season. Grief is is real, and grief uh, is heavy, and it's even heavier uh, during the holiday season because... Of, of expectations that we have and desires that we have. And then just the weariness of being busy. We are busy people, busier than ever. And uh, ironically, we are really less productive than ever because we're busier than ever, I think. So we're going to dive into those topics. This week, we're talking about money. Uh, coming off uh, a teaching we did a few weeks ago on-, on And money. our viewership just went down. That's right. You're talking about money. People are like, oh, I'll just- uh, pause and listen next week. You don't want to talk about that. Um, So why are we talking about this, James? (laughs) Yeah, well, I think the spiritual reason is because Jesus talked about it a whole lot. Um, And I think the spiritual reason and practical reason is because I think in many ways, this is something that people struggle with and causes them to be weary. Um, So I think, you know, perhaps you're listening today 
and you know, maybe this is the week after Thanksgiving. Um, you're thinking about Christmas. You're thinking about the things you have to buy people. You're thinking about um, next year, you know, and uh, it exhausts you to think about just all those things. And so I think certainly this is a great place uh, for us to start when it comes to weariness. Yeah, I think too, just cards on the table. Um, it's it's something that I think both of us struggle with as well. I think that uh, being a pastor does not uh, disqualify you from uh, struggling through <laughs> greed and materialism. Uh, and it's something that we, you know, we're called to, to, it's sin and we want to fight through it, fight against it and all, ultimately honor God with everything that we have. And so we've got to talk about that. So let's uh, just dive in and talk about um, how do you as, as, as a family, um, as a person, just talk about, you know, what you want versus what you need. How do you distinguish yeah. those things? Yeah. Well, I think, I think you said something that's important is, and, and often we try to overlook this when we talk about money. So like we, and even churches do this, they start with like, okay, what are good money management principles or how do you, which like, how do you avoid debt? You know, and those are, those are not bad things. Um, or, you know, here's financial peace, which again, is not a bad thing. But if we don't start with how do we honor God with our money, then we indeed um, are not starting at the right place. You know, J Jesus, whenever Jesus is talking about paying taxes um, and, you know, they're, they're kind of arguing with them about whether or not they want to pay taxes because they're libertarians, I guess. They <laughs> said, um, yeah, Jesus said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And give to God what is God's. And, and really he's saying, hey, here's this coin with Caesar's image on it. And so if you're using his currency, then you need to pay his taxes because you're benefiting from him. But what, what has God's image on it? Us. So God is, Jesus is saying, give me everything. <laughs> give me your life. So when we, when we think about our resources, really when we think about anything, we think, hey, this is all given to me by God. Every single dime I have is given to me by God. And you might say, well, actually, hey, I'm highly educated or I'm a hard worker. Like, yeah, because God gave you that. You know, right. God either gave you the parents who gave you that. God gave you the motivation inherently in response to your parents and their circumstances. Um, and so, so really to recognize everything I'm given is given to me by God. And I would say secondary, second aspect of that in terms of honoring God is, you know, First Timothy 6 tells us this and Isaiah said this. I call it the naked principle. We came into this world naked and we leave this world naked. Mm -hmm. And to really think about our resources, you know, in terms of how, how do I use these things that matter in the short span of 70, 80, 90 years, Lord willing, for eternity? Because right. they, don't, they don't go with me. You know, I, I think that it has to start right there. And so then as a family, you know, we say, okay, that being considered, what does God want me to do with this and how much value are these things really? Yeah. I think you're hitting on a good point is that we often view our money as ours and it belongs to God. And uh, we referenced that a few weeks ago in our teaching uh, and you can go back and listen to that online. Uh, but we, we think that this belongs to me, you know, God, yeah, God gave it to me, but it's mine now where it's really true that it all belongs to God. And so I think that leads to a question of, you know, we, we feel this obligation to, we, sh we should give, I should give. And I think most people uh, will say, you know, giving is good, being generous is good. And so that leads us because we think it's ours and because we know we should give, we ask this question, 
well, how much do I have to give? Right. How much do I have to give to God or how much do I have to give away so that I can feel okay and feel justified in how I live? And really that's the wrong question. If we're asking that question, you know, I think I've heard people ask, you know, when I give or if I tithe, do I tithe off my gross or my net? And like, well, that's the wrong question. Cause you're just trying to figure out how much do I have to, uh, yeah. and really if we just say, Lord, everything I have is yours. Um, I want that, that changes the perspective. And so right. then you can get into the practical, <clears throat> like the best practices of, of money management, budgeting, all that stuff. Yeah. Why, why does Jesus talk so much about money? Well, I think it comes back to the, the, the most probably significant thing he said about money. And that is where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And that's profound. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously Jesus said it. So of course it's profound, but I mean, that, that's, <laughs> right. if you really think about that statement and you think about yourself, that means we, we, we want to examine our hearts, right? Look at how you spend your money. And there's a very clear indication of how you spend your hearts. And, you know, I think Tim Keller said, not how you spend your hearts, where your heart is. I think <laughs> Tim right. Keller said, and maybe how you spend your heart, I guess. Right. Tim Keller said, you know, it's easy to say, I love people. It's easy to say, I'm a servant, you know, but, and trick yourself into thinking you're those things. But the reason people don't like talking about money is because you can't really lie like to right. yourself. Like, I mean, you can, but you know, you are. And I think that's why so many people are weary about it. At least Christians, you know, non-Christians look, you're not, you know, if you're listening to this, I think that Jesus, you need to understand who Jesus is first. And then you understand the value of the things that we're talking about. But when I look at my bank statement, when I look at my, you know, spending in the end of the year, it tells me what's valuable to me. Yep. And you know, man, for a lot of us, I think that's very sobering. And so for us, the question is not how much do we have to give, but like how much can we give while being responsible? You know, I mean, and not crippling ourselves for future generosity and not crippling our children for future generosity. I think that's really the question we're asking ourselves. Yeah, I think uh, it's kind of like the Goldilocks principle, the breadcrumbs along the way to lead back to the house. And several pastors have said that. I've heard that rear Like if you follow the trail, if you follow the trail of your, your giving, like you'll find your treasure. Right, and, yeah. And I think you're absolutely <laughs> right. Like if we, we, if we all looked at each other's bank statements and credit cards, not for like, you know, how much we make, but really like how yeah. we spend our money, it's revealing. It's very yeah. revealing where our treasure is. And I think it goes back to, our perspective of eternity and do I, am I thinking, am I, have I defaulted? I think it's a default setting we live on sometimes to think that this world is it. And so I got to suck as much enjoyment and life out of it as possible, which, you know, the things that we're talking about, like, you know, vacation, great, like do that. Like it's, it's not that material possessions in and of themselves are not evil. Right. Um, but it's that desire to have more and to think that that's what's going to satisfy us. Um, and I think particularly with, with so much need around yeah. us, you know, we are called to be responsible and where, where is that line? You know, we could, we could all give everything away and there would still be needs and then our families wouldn't have anything. So where is that line? I, I don't, you can't, I don't think you could prescribe that necessarily, you know, it's more of a case by case conviction as, as God leads. But right. the principle is this, we've got to be generous people. And I, I shouldn't say that way. I should say we get to be generous people <laughs> yeah. uh, because God's been generous to us. We're being sold 
uh, a vision of our life. And it's mostly, you know, by businesses that want us to buy into that, you know, because they benefit from that. And so, you know, God's word paints a picture of what our life, an image of what our life looks like. And we rarely hear that, you know, and I would say that even in church, a lot of churches and a lot of pastors try to shy away from this inconvenient life because they're struggling with these same things. And they also don't want to say something and then be held accountable for that, you know? (laughs) So I think we need to recognize that. I think that's why a lot of people are weary is they're being sold a version of their life that God did not intend them to live. We, God did not intend for us to live. And I think you said, you know, where's the line? I I agree. I, I think it's dangerous. It's fair. You're a Pharisee when you say, here's the line. But I also think it's okay to say to your friends, you've crossed the line. I don't know where it was, but you've crossed it. You know what I mean? Like you're every single holiday, you're taking a vacation, every single, you know, new gadget you're buying. Like, I don't care what your income is and how easily that is to afford. Like like, you shouldn't be living like that, you know? And I, and I think it's okay. I think it's okay too, like for, for me to be questioned on my heart, you know? I mean, so I think we've talked about before, like, you know, I value vacations mostly because um, it's really hard to take a true vacation, you know, while I'm here um, in the area. I mean, I guess maybe if I was quarantined, then, you know, maybe, I don't know, but I don't know how restful that is. With this is not restful. And I've, I've actually got maybe a lot more done than <laughs> in the office. <laughs> but I think that, you know, I still should be not defensive about that. If somebody said, hey, really, you budget 5% of your income? Like, or vacations, like that's a lot, you know? And so like, maybe they're right. You know, I think if we start talking about, you know, it, uh, people would say, okay, yeah, I see where you're coming from. But, um, and once we're defensive about how we spend our money, I think that's a bad indicator too. I also have to realize, <laughs> I mean, I'm showing my children what I value mm-hmm. and, you know, so I do make it a point to explain to them and include them in, you know, Hey, we give above, you know, I don't mind saying that above 10% to our church because uh, we believe, uh, you know, we're supposed to give to the local church. I mean, people who say I tithe to other things, like, I mean, that's just not a biblical principle. So, I mean, that's fine that you say that and I love you and respect you, but you certainly did not come up with that idea from the Bible. You tithe to your local church and, I'll get to that in just a second. And then we give above that. We give to other things. We try to display generosity to other people. And I think our children see that. And then they, but they're also seeing, Hey, you know, we spend X on Christmas. We spend X on vacations. I mean, they're seeing that. So to really like understand, I'm, I'm showing them what I find is valuable, you know? And I think that's a secondary motivator to how we spend our money as adults is not only are we, are we honoring God, but secondly, what are we displaying is valuable to our children mm-hmm. because that's going to carry into the next generation. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm by nature a frugal person. Uh, and, and, and I think a lot of times people think that's, that's what well, you're you're a wise steward. Well, you can be frugal and for the purpose of being wise and wanting to give more, you can also be frugal just because you want to hoard more for yourself. And, uh, you know, and I, I have to fight that sometimes. Like, I, you know, I want to do this to be generous. And I think when it comes to kids, it's like we choose things as a family and we try to talk to our kids about this, that this is why we give. And, 
you know, we try to, to teach that perspective, you know, as we, we give, we, we tie to the church and then we have some missionaries that we support and some children that we sponsor. And then, you know, occasionally we'll, we'll send money to, you know, some other uh, co-laborers for the gospel around the world. And, you know, we try to talk to our kids about that and say, Hey, I know you want that, but here's, you know, what's more important, like mm-hmm. this or that. And if you want that, like, you know, like to, but also teaching our kids responsibility as they get older, yeah. you know, if there's something they really want, um, I mean, I, I want as a parent, of course, to give my kid everything they want. Cause you know, that's right. what parents we want to provide for our kids, but that's also not what's best for them all the time. And oh, yeah. so we tried to tell our kids is like, Hey, if you want that, um, let's make a plan because you mm-hmm. need to learn the value of, of work <laughs> and, you oh, know, yeah. you know, delayed gratification is a great teaching tool. Um, and, and then you're also just going to take care of things better. Uh, my kids will make fun of me because when stuff gets broken, I'm like, you guys always are like, we, you know, I'm like, don't say always dad. I'm like, I know, but you always do this. You know, <laughs> y'all break everything. But it's because it's like, when I react that way, it's ultimately because like, I really have attached too much value to that item. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Should my kids take care of things? Absolutely. But, um, you know, if I'm get bent out of shape because this gets broken, then it's probably a revealing of where my heart is. And I think that's, yeah. you've got to identify as, as, as Christians as saying, Hey, this has way more hold on my heart. Um, and I, you know, what's, where's my motive in this? But one time, um, our kid, we were, one of our kids, um, had gotten this really, they were really young, but they'd gotten this really nice blanket. It was like, it was something we would never buy, but it was given to him as a gift. And uh, we were out at a store and uh, in the parking lot, a lady came up to our car and it was cold and they, she was asking for food. And so we, we had food, but she was cold. And so that kid just was like, she can have my blanket. And so as a parent, and you probably all, we've been in these choices before. We were like, hey, that's a really nice blanket. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Know. You know, and you're like, Maybe we, yeah. do we have another blanket we could get her in the car? You know, is there something else? But also, is there a Georgia Bulldog blanket we could just give absolutely, away? Absolutely. You know, the best blanket of all. <laughs> but, um, no. but you're like, he needs to give this. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. this is going to stick with him. Um, and we don't need to be attached to any, you know, it's like that lesson's greater than me trying to, you know, and how, how unloving of me to try to keep someone from giving. I think something I've heard you say too. And I think, this is probably one of the greatest things that we have the opportunity to say to our children when they talk about um, things we spend money on is like, Oh, so-and-so's kids, you know, they have so much money. They do this or they do that. And I'm like, well, we could afford to do that. We choose not to, you know, because either a, we don't want to spend that kind of money on that. Cause that's not as important to us or B like, we don't know about them, but they would, we, we would have to go into debt to do that. And, you know, we don't want to go into debt for everything that we want. And so, you know, when we can't afford that, like we'll reevaluate. I think that helping our children understand that's like needs versus wants. Like, do we really need that? Okay. No. So do we really want that? Well, and, and just cause we want it, should we have it? Well, that's, that's, that's a bigger that's not as cut and dry as we need that. You know what I mean? You said this, we don't know other people's stories. Like if we tell our kids, like it's, it's hard in this too with kids because we don't want them to start judging everyone. <laughs> but I, they have yeah. to develop a sense of discernment. So helping develop this sense of, and really as adults, we struggle with this too, this discernment of what's right versus judgment of other people. And you know, so they're not living our story. Like 
we we're called to be responsible for what we've got and we don't know what debt they've taken on we don't know what mm-hmm. how much money they make or and, and that's not our life to live you know our we are called to be responsible to for what god's entrusted to us and use it yeah. for his glory and then to lead other people to do that as well um because i think you know we, what we don't want is our kids going around being like well they have this and so they should just give this and like we don't know like that's not the heart of God uh, towards other people. And we don't want to be like that. And I think, you know, our kids and and adults too, we struggle a lot, especially like right now, this time of year with what we want versus what we need. And, uh, you know, it's, we just have about to pass black, black Friday, you know, and this crazy shopping season after Thanksgiving, and it's going to be online. And I think, you know, if we could pause right now, um, our hearts before we buy things say, what do we need? What do we want? Um, you yeah. know, God is an extravagant giving God. So it's not that gifts are right. In fact, gifts, I believe are, are an expression of the heart of God. When we give something to someone, it's an expression of love and that's beautiful. Um, but I also know that I can really easily convince myself that I need everything. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. and, it, the culture just wants us to buy stuff. You know, I think mm-hmm. you know, with, with ads as we're scrolling through on social media, as we're on TV, like it's just reinforced over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our, that's how it's, it's designed to work with social media. It's like to finally, like we're going to see enough of an ad to convince ourselves that we, we need it. You know, right now, funny, like almost every ad, cause I block like almost every ad is like block, block, block just to see what I get. I, I was shopping for some uh, athletic shorts some workout shorts. And so now like every ad is athletic shorts, just to remind me of how much I need to work out, I guess. But right. Yeah. But I'm, I'm literally, I'm like, I need those now. Like, and I have to, we have to pause to recognize that in our own minds and our own hearts that mm-hmm. we are being programmed to want more. And yeah. what if we had that same desire, like for the Lord, <laughs> if we had that same yeah. desire for the word. Um, and for that, if, what if we had that same desire to give, like what if our, our, our desire or our, our impulse to give was stronger than our impulse to buy. And I, I want to live my life that way and yeah, not natural. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, this is kind of a segue and I, I'll first say, I said I was going to say something earlier about, you know, tithing a local church. Like yeah. if, if the reason we don't want to give to local churches, cause we don't agree with the spending of the church. Like I think that you need to give and you need to have conversations with leadership of your church about how the money yeah. is spent. So let me address that. So in your, in the church, in, in, in Christianity, you have people who probably, you know, giving 10%, let's just say is that's, that's, that's tough, you know, there are certainly those people and I'm really just not going to, I'm not going to get into an argument about it, you know, with somebody, I mean, about the 10% deal. Like um, if you're struggling, I mean, God knows your heart. I would say, you know, in America needs versus wants needs to be the question. But I would say that in our community and specifically in our church, there are a lot of people who have the ability uh, myself included to give well above that away. And I think that, you know, we have bought into this lie that, you know, how to start where you started, how much do I have to give, you know? And I think that we need to begin to say, how can I posture myself to give more and more away for the kingdom, not just arbitrarily, 
you know, to check off a box and feel good about myself and have a tax deduction, which take advantage of because, you know, give to Caesar what a Caesar is also, you know, let Caesar give you what he'll give you. Right. Uh, but um, I think that we really have to say, hey, I can do way more. I can like make a difference in people's lives, you mm -hmm. know, because of uh, my giving. And I think what gets in the way of that is, is materialism. I heard a pastor say one time, materialism begins where your income ends. You know, so typically we think whoever makes a little more than us and has a higher lifestyle than us is materialistic. And, and we'll talk about this a little bit next week, but comparison is really the enemy of contentment. Right. We, I think I just have to recognize how much I personally struggle with that being the motivation for how I live my life, you know, versus like, God, you've given me everything yeah. I need and more. I mean, and more, I mean, seriously, and more. Mm -hmm. And what is getting in the way of me being a generous person? Right. And I think for me, we've had to draw the line in the sand and say, just like we talked about why we foster and adopt, like, okay, you know, being generous, we want that to be a part of our life. Are there other things we want to be a part of our life that require money? Yes. Which one is the priority? And we're not going, we're not going to let go of being generous people. So hopefully this still happens but we're not letting go of this. How much we make is not an indicator of whether we're materialistic or not. You know, it, you, people who are wealthy can be materialistic. They can also not be. And people who do not have much can be materialistic and also cannot be. Uh, and I think, you know, that I've read this statistic and uh, it, was, it said this, that people who make a salary of less than $20,000 are eight times more likely to give than someone who makes above 75000 wow. That blew me away because I think, um, you know, I think a lot of times people would maybe who have less look at people with more and they, you know, well, I'll give more when I get more. And that's just not true. The more we have, I mean, I, I believe the more responsibility we have. And Paul writes in, in 1 Corinthians, he says this, that, you know, in chapter 16, it says that, you know, talking about the weekly collections that on the first day of week, each of you is to set something aside. And, and save in keeping with how he prospers. And so really we see this picture in the Bible of the more we have, the more we should give. A lot of times people want to give, but they think I don't have the margin. And another stat on this is that of, of people who give, <coughs> who tithe and give in their local church, that eight out of 10 people who give have no credit card debt. Wow. Yeah. I think that speaks really loudly to the, um, just the the shackles that debt puts on us when we mm -hmm. uh, overextend our finances, uh, and I think a lot of times if we were people were honest about debt, would would have to say that it was to buy stuff they probably didn't need to impress oh, yeah. people oh, they yeah, probably yeah. didn't even like, uh, <laughs> you know. And so I would yeah, say yeah. practically make a plan, whether it's you know a budget class to a, a mentor through someone helping you create a budget, live on a budget, and get rid of aggressively get rid of credit card debt so that you are free to give. Uh, and I think, you know, the Bible says that we are a slave to the lender and mm -hmm. we don't want to be in that position. Um, we want to aggressively pay down that debt. I think um, wrecking like set a budget and live on it. And that's, that's hard because we don't like to deny ourselves. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like, no, but I just, I, I need it. I need, and we can right. like that. We convince ourselves we need things that we don't need. Um, but I think that's, I mean, that's, 
a, a big thing, but get, live on a budget and then just go through your budget and say, hey, we've been paying this for this. Like, can we get rid of this? Can we cut this? Can we downgrade mm -hmm. this? Not just so that we can save more. Maybe that's maybe saving is the best biblical principle for your family. I don't know your situation, but, but ultimately even saving is so that we're in a position to give. Mm -hmm. uh, to give more, to leverage more. I don't know if you have any other practical uh, things that you guys have done. Yeah, yeah, just uh, three statements. You know, one is I've never met a person who gives generously who uh, is sad about that, you know? Right. I don't know if I already said that or not, but nope. uh, I think that's, you know, just... I, I, yeah, I don't meet right. people who regret being generous. I mean, right. but I do meet people who regret being materialistic and spending yeah. money on those kind of things. I think another thing is, you know, um, in the Proverbs, uh, one, I think it's Agag or somebody like that says, you know, give me to God, give me neither poverty nor riches. If I have, po if I have riches, I may forget you. And if I have mm -hmm. poverty, I may grow bitter towards you. And I think for me, like, that's what I'm trying to live by, but that's also what I'm trying to teach my children. Like, so when I spend money on my kids, I don't want them to be bitter, you right. know? And so in, in, in our context, that's a challenge because so many people have so much stuff. So I think right. if we like are so frugal to the point that we don't let our kids have anything, right. they will get bitter. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I don't want them to forget God because of how much I give them. And then the last thing I would say, and I think this is where it takes it to another level and how we live our lives is it's not what you teach, it's what you emphasize that sticks. Yeah. So I remember in my former church, there was a guy, very generous guy. I mean, it was awesome. Like the generosity he displayed, letting people live in his rental house for free, like doing all kinds of stuff. And then he bought a ridiculously nice car. And again, that's between him and the Lord. But I, as his brother in Christ, I said, hey, I, I just want you to realize that what has happened is you've went from this guy who is viewed as man, he is intentionally generous to this guy who has a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, when we make our decisions, it's not just about whether we can or cannot, but like what image are we reflecting? Right. And so, you know, again, you got to be careful because then you're worried about what people think about you all the time. You go too far mm -hmm. that way. But at the same time, like, how we spend our money, what message does that send to our children, to the community, to those around us, you know, about us. That's really it. Agreed. And I think, you know, this sounds maybe trite, but, you know, when I think of you know, the verse that says, you know, we keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, that when we do that, like, I think we can, we can overthink every decision and every penny, and we are accountable for everything. However, I think if we are, our eyes are on Jesus, his kingdom and his glory, like he's going to lead us. Like he's going to put that desire to be generous in our hearts. And we're going to look for ways to be generous. We keep our eyes on him. And when we, our eyes are on Jesus, like, you know, materialism, you know, new workout shorts don't seem as appealing, <laughs> you know, or whatever, <laughs> you know, a bigger, nicer car. Like, it's like, this is what I got is fine. Um, uh, because of my eyes are on him. Uh, and that is something we as, as Christians have to, to, to fight for, you know, and be our, be intentional and discipline in our hearts and just, you know, saying, I want to keep my eyes here because that's yeah. better. That's what's yeah. better. Hey, I, I, just a few resources. I would encourage people to read the book, Crazy Love by Francis Chan. I think both you and I referenced that book. Uh, yeah. It really asked some thought provoking, heart stirring questions. Mm -hmm. Radical by David Platt uh, is like similar, but not as good, but it's still a good book. <laughs> and then, yeah. uh, 
crown.org is a great financial most thing, resource. Most things are free. Of course, all Dave Ramsey's written uh, uh, is a great resource as well. And then I would just say to you, like, I mean, say to everybody, and I think I speak on behalf of you and I, like, we're happy to have conversations with you about these things if you yeah. want somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think you need people in your life who you can say, hey, what do you think about this financial decision I'm making? Yeah. Yeah. One more book to add to that is um, The Treasure Principle. It's Randy Alcorn, I believe. We read that early in our marriage. And I think it really set us up to be on the same page about where we're headed uh, and what we want to do uh, financially, our goals, you know, and being, you know, our treasures in heaven. <laughs> and we want to live our life that way now. That's right. Uh, so add that to that resource. And, and true, we want to talk to you if you have any questions, you want to um, need advice. Uh, I don't know if we're the best people to get <laughs> It's about everything, but we're happy to talk to you about any of this stuff, answer questions, clarify anything, and ultimately, hopefully, uh, you know, push everyone towards Jesus and uh, his, his desire for us to walk in freedom, life, and to live generously so that people know him. And if uh, that's you uh, today, we just want to encourage you to reach out. You can email me, justin at churchonbayshore.org. And, and remember, too, that all this flows uh, from hearts that have been changed by Jesus. And if you want to talk to uh, us about that, about what, you know, having our hearts changed by Jesus, we want to talk to you about that as well. Uh, we look forward uh, to you joining us the next few weeks as we continue in this uh, series, Holidays, and uh, because that's where we are. We're just a little overwhelmed in days by the holidays. Join us next week. Until then, thanks for listening.